Welcome to the Barry Sachs Show. Thanks for joining me on the Barry Sachs Show. I am Barry Cockroft, and I'll be hosting this podcast with guest saxophonists from around the world. We will be exploring the stories behind these great musicians with telling insights into how they got started and the ongoing development of their careers. Thanks for being here on this adventure, and please subscribe for a new episode each week. The details of each episode, including a transcript, the show notes, and any links, can be found at barrysax.com. Hello once again, saxophone players from around the world. I really see it as part of my job doing these interviews to listen to what everybody has to say. And I try to keep out of the way as much as possible to really hear the story that each person has to tell. But I must admit, in this interview, Anna had this interesting knack of turning the questions around so that suddenly I'm having to answer the questions that normally I get to ask. So I did find myself at a loss for words (laughs) sometimes, but I'm sure you'll enjoy this interview with a slightly different twist. Anna Stepanova is one of the leading saxophonists of Ukraine. She graduated from Russian Academy of Music, named after Nesson, and studied with Margarita Shaponishkova. She is founder and president of the International Golden Saxophone Competition, a Selma Paris and BG France artist, and winner of numerous international competitions. Anna is a teacher of the South Ukrainian National Pedagogical University, named after Yushinsky, soloist of the Odessa Municipal Brass Theatre, named People's Artist of Ukraine, A. Salik, and a soloist of the Odessa Philharmonic Society. She gives recitals and masterclasses both in Ukraine and abroad, including countries such as Russia, Belarus, Moldova, and China. Anna's repertoire includes music of various styles, from Baroque music to music of the 21st century, dedicated to her by Ukrainian and Italian composers. Please welcome my guest today, Ukrainian saxophone soloist Anna Stepanova. So a great place to start is, of course, how did you start playing the saxophone? Um, Actually, I was born in the family of musicians. My mama uh, was a violinist and father is cellist. And um, I have also one brother. And my parents thought uh, they should not give so big trouble to their children. And they thought uh, strings may be so difficult. Instruments need to learn very, very hard. And that's why they, they tried... Uh, to let uh, children to play uh, wood instruments. They thought it's more easier, maybe. And uh, from the beginning, I started uh, from violin as well, like my mama, then later piano. And uh, at the age of 13 years old, uh, I tried saxophone, and uh, it was a great laugh. (laughs) And until now, I play saxophone. In the same time, uh, I was learning uh, singing. So actually, I have uh, two diplomas right now. It's uh, uh, Gnesin Academy in uh, Russia, and one diploma about classical saxophone, and the second diploma about uh, pop singing. (laughs) That's quite different. Quite different, yes. But it's very interesting when in the same concert you can do the same things these two things yeah what what age did you start with the violin and the piano violin uh from five years old but i think um it was not very successful and then piano uh, my my parents changed to piano and then maybe two three years i played piano and uh, later saxophone did you enjoy the piano Yes. Okay. Not, not bad. Because <laughs> I meet a lot of people who it's torture. They don't like it. <laughs> it's okay. And did you find it easy then to pick up the saxophone? Um, uh, saxophone is easier. Yeah. Was, yeah. 
Mm, just uh, the age of th- 12 or 13, already uh, children have some knowledge and it's uh, more easy to understand already. And uh, already you know something about music. Then, of course, it's easier to study saxophone. <laughs> of course, th- it helps. What do you think about the idea of people starting at a much younger age? Because violin, of course, people yeah. start very young. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would be good if saxophone players also started younger? I don't know what is the tradition in, in the world, but I've seen in Russia many children from the age of six or seven years old already started to play saxophone because right now have little soprano saxophone that looks like alto. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. This one, yeah. <laughs> and um, children can play. Maybe you can find a very comfortable mouthpiece for them. And I've seen uh, many, many children, not many, but few of them, they can uh, be very successful in saxophone, can do something in this age even I didn't think about, can do, like a circular breathe, and they already can play wonderful and at six years old. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It sounds... Yeah. Like a good idea to start people a little bit younger. Yeah. I know in Australia, usually people are starting about 10 years old and they're, they're big enough and strong enough to play alto. Mm-hmm. But in France, they're starting to really get much younger. Yeah. And so young now that the teachers need special training because they don't know how to work with young children because they're used to teaching older children. So it's gradually getting younger yeah, yeah. and therefore they're getting more advanced even earlier. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's good. It's like uh, it makes it more even with more traditional instruments. So tell me about your teachers when you first started. Uh, I started, um, uh, I was born in Odessa. It's uh, the city near the Black Sea. <laughs> and uh, we have one uh, school for talented children. Uh, it was uh, built by uh, Stalarsky and the school named after Stalarsky. Uh, many famous musicians like uh, Gilles, Oistrach, they all uh, graduated from this school, but later they were famous in the world. And um, about saxophone, there is one uh, saxophone teacher, Mikhail Krupey. Actually, he was a clarinetist. And uh, do you know, in um, Soviet Union, before we cannot play saxophone, it was forbidden because uh, it's uh, it's like... It's Soviet government uh, told us that it's uh, um, something bad from from America, from another countries. Uh, actually, I don't think what is bad about music, but it was like that. If you want to play saxophone, you only can choose clarinet. If you want to play accordion, you can only choose. And I don't know. In Russian, it's bayan. Okay. Do you know with the with the keyboard uh, or the buttons? With buttons. Yeah, yes. Okay. This, this one. Yeah. Yes. So it was. Um, it was forbidden in that time. So that's why um, many teachers in uh, um, Soviet country, it was uh, teachers who played clarinet and uh, they maybe they learned saxophone themselves. Uh, so later when I graduated from this school, I, I came to Moscow and uh, my teacher was Margarita Shapashnikova, famous <laughs> saxophone lady in the world and um, people's artist of Russia, professor. And... Um, she was also clarinetist from the beginning, and she learned saxophone herself, and um, she's really successful and amazing in, in this, I think. so. I <laughs> had the pleasure to work with her a few years ago at the Dinant. Yes, uh, she was a mem- member of jury, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, she, maybe I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> she, uh, she carried a handbag with her, and she always... Uh, when we're having, you know, a party or something, yeah. she always had some supplies in her handbag to share with everybody, some some samples from home, which yeah. was yeah. very nice. Yeah. 
I was going to say that idea of starting on clarinet, that must have changed. Yes, right now everything is changed because many people have possibilities to go outside from um, Russia or Ukraine and go to study in different countries. And of, of course, the level of saxophone grows up in uh, in Ukraine as well. Um, do you know, before when I started, even we didn't have possibilities to listen how uh, classical saxophone should sound. And um, had little cassettes and don't have a lot of choice to to find something good. But right now, of course, have internet, have YouTube, you can find everything what you want. And, uh, of course, this helps to young musicians to grow up more fast because they have understanding at least how it should be. And uh, who has possibilities, of course, they go out, out of Ukraine, Russia, and uh, find good teachers. Is there a big difference between Ukraine and Russia? Um, I don't know. I think it's very similar about saxophone school, but maybe Moscow is uh, more hard and uh, have more good people because Russia is huge big and that's why I can find uh, many talented uh, people from all around the Russia. They, they come, everybody's in Moscow and they are very hard and uh, play good. <laughs> Ukraine is also a large country. But it's not so big like Russia. No, yeah. sure. But you have quite a large population. Um, Ukraine have, has war right now and... Uh, it's a sad part, but many people dead and uh, some people go outside as well because don't want to stay. How how does that affect you as a musician? I live in Odessa and uh, thanks God we don't have war. Uh, only uh, eastern eastern part of Ukraine had this uh, bad situation. And um, I know all that people who lived in Kiev, they, they saw this. Some people were very crazy and uh, very happy. <laughs> Uh, if Ukraine can go to European Union, and uh, even I know that uh, Kiev saxophone quartet they played outside and they wanted to support this, um, to this uh, historical change changes of Ukraine. But uh, in Odessa, thanks God, everything is uh, quite peaceful. Um, we started saxophone competition in 2013 in Odessa, uh, in that uh, famous school by Stalarsky, and. Um, it was uh, very interesting. Of course, it was very good for Ukraine because we invited many famous people like Alan Krepen, Pavel Gusner from Poland uh, first time, and uh, Italian composer Roberto Marino, uh, Nikita Zimin, and someone else. Ah, Yuri Vasilevich from Kiev. It's okay. a famous Ukrainian teacher. It was very interesting because um, many young people can come and can listen how these uh, great people play the music. Uh, it's it's not so easy, maybe. In Europe, it's more often, uh, I see, have some master classes and some saxophone events. But for Odessa, for Ukraine, it was... Um, it, it is it's just not so often and it was very big pleasure for saxophonists i was very happy that uh, uh ukrainian saxophone players from all around ukraine came to listen even who didn't take part but they were interested about saxophone and they came to listen and it was a very peaceful time in this time, in 2013. We had many people from Russia who came to take part. Even the first winner was the, the boy from Russia, Vladimir Ustyansev, a very good guy. And um, after two years, when we organized the second competition, it already started. And um, it was not a very good time for Ukraine. Even I tried to invite Jean-Denis Misha, and he said, okay. 
But then before three weeks, he canceled. He said, French government did not allow us to come. Wow. like this, yes. And of course, it was a little problem for me. Uh, And um, of course, uh, when this uh, political situation was not very comfortable, not so many Russian people came to Ukraine. But still we had people from uh, from Europe. And the third saxophone competition we organized in Kyiv in the National Music Academy of Ukraine, uh, named after Tchaikovsky, and a gala concert in the Philharmonie, uh, National Philharmonie of Ukraine. And many people ask why you don't want to do it in Odessa again. I, I thought, why we cannot make it in the capital? Mm. <laughs> It's better. <laughs> and um, I think it was good. Alan Krepen was there and Pete Swartz, the composer of Clonus. <laughs> he um, dedicated to us one, one piece. Paganini uh, Capriccio. Um, I think you know, yes, Kikanidze played uh, in Zagreb Saxophone yeah. Congress and uh, he made the edition of this course and wrote especially for Golden Saxophone Competition. It's a great pleasure for us. <laughs> and um, uh, one composer from France, uh, Roman Zond, he wrote one piece for Medium, um, medium Group, yes, Medium, Medium, for, uh, for the students until 17 years old. Okay. It was one uh, competition work. Uh, and what else? Just many famous people again in, in Ukraine and uh, Arno Bronkamp had master classes. It's wonderful, amazing. <laughs> One of the my the most lovely uh, saxophonists. I'm very curious to know why you started this in the first place. What was the idea, the to, idea. to have a competition? Okay. Actually, it was the idea of my father. And <laughs> wow. my father is, uh, his second education, he graduated from uh, um, St. Petersburg uh, Theatral Academy. So his second specialty was uh, director of uh, festivals and competition. And he just gave me this idea. And first time he, he helped me to organize and find people to do this. And uh, later, I already started to do this myself. And I, I at first, I, I even didn't think it should be very interesting but later when i saw how many good people are here and this can let um let us to grow up the level of saxophone in ukraine grew up I'm, i felt very happy <laughs> and what do you yeah. think is the advantage for a student who does a competition uh, i think that every competition it's like uh, one step one step one step every time when they learn and when they uh, prepare to take part in the competition, they they grow up more fast. They just want to fight with each other and they grow up. They even maybe cannot see this, but it's a huge, big difference. Like they started from the beginning and what they get when they took part in competition. <laughs> Do you find any students who who can't cope with the pressure of the competition? I've seen... Uh, few students I, I have seen like this actually they play better but on the stage they felt very nervous especially when the jury is very famous and uh, yes and then later very very sad <laughs> actually it's not not bad level for them but uh, it's a big stress but uh, competition teach us to be stronger yeah <laughs> that's right Are you planning to continue the competition? Yes, but maybe not so often because yeah. we, we made it one uh, one time yeah two year one times and right now maybe three four years and i want to prepare it more good now <laughs> the the website for the competition is golden golden saxophone.com dot com yeah. very good the good thing about having a website like this because it contains also the history of 
the competition, yeah, uh, yeah. which over it. time is very interesting. Yeah. So you imagine these young saxophonists in 20 years, they yes. can look back. Yeah. I think that's really important. It's not just what's coming next, mm. but also what happened in the past. So it's Then a, later we can see what, what happened with these children, with these young people. They're maybe very famous too. <laughs> Now, about your own learning when you're a student, could you describe the perhaps the style of teaching that you received as a student? Was it strict? Was it relaxed? Uh, how, how did you learn when you were studying? Um, do you know, when I, I was a student, of course, my, my saxophone teacher, Margarita Shapashnikova, she was quite... Um, Authoritarian, have this word? Uh, authoritarian. She was quite authoritarian, and um, it was it was difficult. She, um, I, I <laughs> just she can push people until tears, even don't beat, but tears. Yes. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not very good. <laughs> but uh, she she was teaching me how to be stronger and uh, how to be on yourself. Um, I think with my students, maybe I don't push so much. I don't push, but I ca- I know how to be serious with them I, and I know how to let them grow up. Uh, maybe it's very strange, but in Ukraine, I mostly have Chinese students. <laughs> Yes, we have many Chinese. Are they people. coming specially to study? They came uh, to Ukraine to study saxophone, and I'm a teacher of National Pedagogical University. We have this kind of students. Um, in the life where we are friendly, but when teach, of course, should be serious. Yeah, it's like this. <laughs> when they arrive, yeah. they may come with no Russian speaking. Yeah, they don't they speak Russian at all. To learn bit by bit. Yes, yes. But some of them... Learned Russian not very good, and uh, maybe someone knows English, so when we have class, we speak English. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that you teach, do you find that you teach in the same, the same way? authoritarian <laughs> way, or have you adapted your style uh, to have something else? I think, of course, I took something from my teacher, but um, I think I'm more gentle, more kind, not, not like this, yes. Mm, but in some situation, maybe it works what my mm-hmm. teacher made because when i came to moscow to study i um, i think my saxophone level and saxophone school how the teacher taught me in odessa clarinetist it had many many mistakes so when you play five or six years and you think everything's all right then she pushed me down and said everything is not right and it it was it pushed me and it, it even i had depression Yes, and uh, during the first year it was uh, very difficult because I, I should change everything, the mouse, the breath, everything, the sound. <laughs> and then uh, then it worked. I, I thought, oh, my teacher is God. Of course, um, sometimes I have some students like this when need to change everything, but I, I don't push. I don't push too much. It's it's okay. So I guess you can adapt depending yeah, on the yeah, student. Yeah, some yeah. people can Take yes, more. yes, yes, yes. You know, in Australia, if you push the students too hard, yeah. they give up. Give up? Yeah. Hey, you should go to, go to Moscow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> It's that, a hard that, life. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, could you describe something about the way that you practice the saxophone? And is it different now yeah. to when you're a student? 
Uh, you know, when when a student, of course, have more time, <laughs> more possibilities to to practice. Yes, but uh, right now I have possibilities to go outside of, of the country and uh, uh, see many musicians and see the saxophone level. Um, about how I practice, I think mostly mostly the same. I always start from low notes, and then play some scales, and then play the music. Um, of course, right now I think uh, uh, can more fast learning because um, already have knowledge, already have some experience, and you already can imagine how it should sound and how it should be. Um, I'm very happy to be here right now in Zagreb because I can hear many wonderful musicians, and uh, for me um, it's um, one step of my own education because I want to grow up more, more, more. <laughs> I saw a video of you recently playing an Australian piece of music called Crazy Logic. Ah, yes, yes. And I was very pleased, of course, to yeah. hear that piece that was written for me. Yeah. By, I didn't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> that was written by Matthew Wolovich, who's yes, a composer yes. in Sydney. And that piece has become very popular and was uh, it was the set piece for the auditions in Paris uh, this year. So it's become uh, widely played and it's always nice when a piece of music from one country starts to be performed in other countries mm -hmm. because often that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, normally a lot of national music stays in the country and that's one of the great things at the Congress is you can, of course, hear music from different countries. Yeah, you know, internet combined people. <laughs> so uh, um, it was the advice of my uh, friend, my good uh, good friend and my student, actually. He found this music in the internet and he proposed to me. Uh, he said, Anya, would you like to buy this course? And I just bought and I found it very good. <laughs> Do you have a, a routine in your practice? Is it always the same, your practice, or does it depend on what? It depends on music, yeah. Because sometimes need to learn something more. For example, I would like to make my slap tone better. I think it's not very good now, but <laughs> I'm fighting about this. Everybody wants to make their slap tone, <laughs> slap tone better. Yeah. And is, is memorization a part of your uh, both performance and practice? Uh, you know, right now, um, mostly I use scores to play, but... Um, I will prepare uh, one concert for China uh, in, in October and for China I would like to fight more and play without scores. And then how about you? You learn by, I, by heart or use scores? Until eight years ago, I always used music. And then eight years ago, I stopped using music and always played for memory. So what is the difference uh, for you? You found you can do it better. You can express yourself better. The, yes, yes, yes. I like all of those things. But I have a funny relationship with risk. I like when there is risk. Yes. Uh, it's like driving a car <laughs> with closed eyes. <laughs> except playing the saxophone, you don't die. <laughs> yes. I like the idea that um, you give everything. I found I started making less mistakes mm. than before. Than before. And you could just say, well, if you play from memory, you know the music better. But I think it's something else. I think the commitment to learning the music and to really having it inside is really important. And the really good thing about having memorized music is when you're not practicing, you're not with your saxophone, the music is still there. It's going through your head all the time mm -hmm. because it's in your memory. Cool. So it's great. You can be just sitting on the bus <laughs> and you can still practice. You have the music going. 
And I think that's it stays with you. So you know more music because it's inside of you. Thank and you for this experience. <laughs> I will try my best. <laughs> Thank you. It's, I have interview with you <laughs> yeah. today. People are finding out too yeah. much. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Now, with your music career, did you have a plan or did it just kind of evolve bit by bit? Mm-hmm. When I started to learn saxophone, um, I didn't have so many plans, I think. I just uh, wanted to have good education. And uh, in that time, my father helped me a lot because uh, he's a director and he always found some concert or some festival. And um, then when I already became a big girl, he helped me to organize one competition. Of course, this competition helped me um, not just like for musician. This competition helped me to to know more uh, famous people. And... Um, For example, Lars Mlekos, uh, he organized saxophone festival and I was very glad to play there too. Uh, it's very easy to make a saxophone friendship right now. And um, uh, right now I have one uh, Chinese friend uh, and he helps me. He's like my producer right now maybe. He helps me to organize uh, concerts and festivals. Yes, I'm going to China in October. That will be one big uh, a festival or conference for saxophonists from China. I'm just like one guest and um, I think it's good, <laughs> good experience. Yeah. Sometimes I'm surprised by what people do and some people play music all of the time and they think about music all of the time. Is there something else that you do outside of music? I have a son. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he will be seven years old in August and um, I would, I, if I have free time, of course, I will spend time with him. And uh, as well, I like um, sport very much. Mm-hmm. I go to gym, I like jogging, I like bicycle. And uh, Adessa has uh, Black Sea. Um, if I have free time, I will go there to look a little. If very tired, it always helps me to, to relax. I like water very much. <laughs> yes. Is it true you went jogging this morning? Yes, I was jogging. <laughs> I found uh, Zagreb uh, uh, Academy of Music. It's beautiful. <laughs> Do you think... The, the exercise, the sport that you mm-hmm. do, do you think this is important so that we stay healthy, not just... Uh, not just the body. Not just the body, but yeah. for playing the saxophone. I yes. mean, so yes. we can play for I many it's, years. It's go- good for breath at first. Uh, second, it can let you be stronger and uh, you can believe yourself. You can believe, oh, I can do this. I can be on this. And uh, it's sometimes I think it's similar. When you do sport... You think, oh, no, I cannot do this. It's very, very, very difficult. Actually, it's very similar with saxophone. We should do this, <laughs> should practice, and it works. Do you work in a university that has uh, good support for the saxophone as an instrument? Does uh, it give opportunity for the saxophone students? Or do you work in a university where you have to fight all the time for recognition for the saxophone? <sighs> Ah, do you know the situation in Ukraine is uh, not very not very comfortable for teacher and um, I just have the place where I work I have my classroom and all and other things I organize myself um, the payment is very very small actually and uh, I just 
I just know how to live. <laughs> I know how to find this money for, li for living. And uh, uh, about saxophone, the most important, I'm very happy that my university, maybe they don't give support, but they never disturb me. I can do what I want. I know how, how to teach my students. I know how to organize concerts together with them. And all these things together, let us grow up. <laughs> maybe it sounds not very happy, but, but it's life and everybody fight. <laughs> how do you go traveling? and managing being away from home when you have a family? Um, I'm a single mama. Mm -hmm. I have a son and uh, um, about time I, I'm very happy that uh, I have parents. Uh, like for example, I'm, he I'm here now and they take care about my son. They go outside, they play and go to the sea. Um, they have time and they have possibilities to do this. I'm very thankful to them. And um, Actually, when I'm at home, every time I'm busy, I'm with my students. But when we can't, of course, I, I try to spend more time with my son. <laughs> yeah. This could be very useful for people listening. But have you found a way that helps you to get a bigger audience? I just have friends. They're journalists. Mm. Journalists. And uh, always uh, find these people uh, when they organize something and uh, they give this uh, support about television, newspaper, internet. And uh, right now we have Facebook, have Instagram and uh, everything together. It works more fast. Yeah. And how about you? Me? <laughs> I, I believe that different aspects of music interconnect. And so I'm a composer and also a saxophone player. And the interesting thing is if somebody is playing my composition, at the same time, they're also finding out about me as a mm -hmm. saxophone player. So the two work together. And then if somebody hears me play, then they may go and then discover my composition. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. And the more different aspects that you may have in your career, you can then become known to more people. I think it's essential that people starting out in their music career think about these things. You can't just play well. Everybody plays well. You have to also do something else. You have to have a, um, an idea of what to do. Mm -hmm. Some people I've found have chosen special music. They may work with composers who have a special connection. The music means more to them. And therefore, when they play it, it means more to the public. And it takes music to a higher level. And I think that's a really important connection, that we don't just play music that we learned as a student, mm -hmm. but we find our own music that we can play the best. Yes. Um, when I was a student in France, I studied contemporary music. And I thought, yes, when I finished, okay, I'll go and play contemporary music. The first thing I did, of course, was to play all of the wonderful contemporary pieces I learned in France. And, you know, the audience got smaller and smaller and smaller. Sure, yeah. And... As I started to see that, I guess I became more careful. And the idea with my composition that I try to incorporate contemporary music inside of something perhaps more comfortable mm. that people are already familiar with. Yes. And it's a way of sneaking in uh, new music inside of something else. Mm -hmm. You can't just copy your teacher. You have to find your own voice. And that's a challenge. There's no secret. There's no rules. You just have to find something. Yeah. And if you don't, slowly your audience gets smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> now, do you use improvisation? No. 
Okay. Not really. And you? Yes. You're, yes, yes. More than anything. I love improvisation. The first thing I do, my warm-up, I would never play long notes. The first thing I warm up is my creativity. So I always improvise first. Because even if I'm then working on a, a piece, mm -hmm. I find that if your creative thinking is engaged, is the priority, that way when you interpret music, you're also thinking creatively. Mm -hmm. How can I play this? What's the best way to play this? In a creative way, not in a technical way. So, yeah, I try to uh, let the mind be free. Even when I was a teenager, I've always done this. It's always been very important to me. And if I was learning a new piece, I would improvise in the style of that piece mm -hmm. to learn the language. And even if I didn't understand it, I could copy a little bit. And, uh, and then through that, I would learn to understand the, the new music through improvisation. Now, I've got some questions that uh, they're called rapid fire questions. They're just quick questions with quick answers. Okay. okay. If you just had one piece of music that you could play now, mm -hmm. forever, mm -hmm. just one, yeah. you couldn't play anything else, which piece would that be? Uh, I think it's um, Ukrainian composer Skorik Melody. Yes, just very beautiful melody, is very romantic. Is this a piece? Uh, it was uh, written for one uh, film, for one mm. movie, and uh, actually it's for violin, mm -hmm. but uh, I changed to soprano. It's, it's beautiful And now music. it's better. Now it's better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just better. It's just good, good music. Yes. It's good music. Yeah. So if that's your favorite thing about this is it's good music. No, if you ask me if I cannot play another music, mm. uh, I will choose something that people can understand yeah. from, from the heart. Yes. If you just had one hour to practice, what would you do? To make the quality better and better. Okay. How yes. would you do that in that time? Mm, if I already practice enough, I just will, will repeat more times. And uh, maybe as we talked today, I will try to learn by heart. <laughs> to, don't use this course. <laughs> yeah. Who do you consider to be one of the most successful saxophonists that you have encountered? Uh, Arno Bornkamp, mm -hmm. Nikita Zimin, mm -hmm. um, Alan Krapen. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about these people that that offers something special to you? Uh, Arno, I, I just like his music, how, how he express. Nikita is a good musician and he is one kind of sportsman, plays very fast. <laughs> Alan Krapen is uh, composer and saxophonist and uh, he's the person who knows how to combine people and how to organize great saxophone events and Lars Mlekos I like him very much <laughs> actually talking of Alan yeah? he is a composer and a performer yeah have you met many people who compose music and also perform music you mentioned uh, Jean-Denis uh -huh. Michel I know from Germany um Detlef Bensman, mm -hmm. you, <laughs> um, not so many actually. And I feel like the 20th century, that stopped, mm -hmm. very much so. And you had composers and yeah. you had performers yes. and, and sometimes even they wouldn't be talking. Mm -hmm. And I never really was comfortable with this idea, but I really like when composers and performers work together, mm -hmm. not yeah. for the performer to tell the composer what to do, but just to work discuss, together, yeah. discuss, discuss and to live together. Details, yeah. I think it's both important for the technical aspect of the music, yeah. 
But more than that, I, I think the peace will come to a much higher level. And I think I would always encourage people starting out with music to approach composers, maybe at the same level as they are, to work with them and play their music. And hopefully in that process to find the best pieces. At your university, is there opportunity for the performers and the composing Composer department to work. to work together? Uh, no, university where I work, they don't have composers. But we have cons- conservatory. Can, if we want, we can find these composers. I'm very glad that I'm happy that this time in Zagreb I will uh, play the music of Ukrainian and Italian composers. Ukrainian composer uh, uh, Skorik, I was talking about uh, his uh, melody, and he uh, already um, this year he will be 80 years old. It's already cool age and uh, it's first time in his life he wrote for saxophone i found him in kiev and i asked please i like your music very much could you please compose something and he tried to make his music little contemporary of course it's not contemporary saxophone how we used to think about contemporary music but um it's a little contemporary but in the same time have melody have melody and the second piece what i will play it um, it's the music of italian composer roberto marino he was the member of jury of uh, first competition what we organized in ukraine and the music is uh, concerto duo it's very romantical music and this uh, he's my good friend and he likes soprano saxophone very much yes and uh, we found each other he always say anya you're my um how to say musical sister <laughs> and this year he composed one new piece uh, scherzo scherzo for saxophone soprano and uh, symphonic orchestra but um I'm waiting for piano arrangement first. I want to, to learn this music. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to the rapid question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we learn from mistakes, is it okay to make mistakes? Yes, it's okay. It's okay. Yes, because we will learn more. <laughs> if you make a mistake, um, you never yeah. make mistakes. If, if you made a mistake, <laughs> yeah. are you okay? Are you relaxed with that? If I make mistake, yes, yes. I understand uh, for future I should not do this uh, every time like this. Actually, we should think more far. I'm thinking about this. Before I just make mistake, oh, I'm so young, it's okay. But right now I'm trying to think what will be the next step like this. That's good. (laughs) So through a mistake we can learn. Uh, Try to make, don't make mistakes. Try to think more far. The next step, <laughs> like chess. <laughs> I uh, I try to make all my mistakes when I'm practicing. You try to make mistakes? Yeah, because if I get them all gone in the practice, then hopefully they don't come in the performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this week you have a, a big performance. Is there something that you do before you walk on stage that helps you play at your best? If I'm at home, I like to clean my house very much. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? But because I think it's uh, um, I come down mm. and I let my brain to to come down. And um, if my, my kitchen is clean, my house is clean, then I feel relaxed, and then I go. And then, therefore, <laughs> your your thinking is organized and calm. Yes, it's organization. I think it's like this. It's something similar for me. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. Have you ever had the occasion when you go into a performance and you're not in a good state of mind 
where your mind isn't relaxed? Yes. I, I don't feel? like when people stay with me and make some stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I like jokes, but, but before I go to the stage, I want to stay myself and to concentrate. Yeah. Then it's okay. That makes sense. Yeah. If you can look back, is there something that you know now mm. that you could tell yourself when you were just yes. starting out in your career? Be smart. <laughs> Be smart. Think more. Okay. Think the next step. Right. Yes, it is true. Maybe it's some simple things, but it's when we are young, we don't think about this. We need to think more. Yeah. So some planning. Some planning, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's right, yeah. Do you think, because you've been doing events, organizing, and to do an event, you have to be thinking of every detail. Details, yes. Do you find you, you have the type of mind that is good with all these details? <sighs> Can I tell you, the first time when I organized competition, uh, my son was one year and a half, and I still was feeding him with milk. <laughs> it was a very difficult time, and uh, every time I just started to work and uh, write some messages in computer every time he woke up in the night, and I need to take care, come back, take care, come back. Mm, I think this just made me stronger, and uh, I, I found the way how to do this. And when I organized the first competition, I think I thought, how can I do this? It was a huge, big job. Uh, of course, it's uh, one kind of self-organization, and every event can teach you more and more. <laughs> so it, have gets, experience. it gets easier? Uh, you know, because um, right now I have team. Um I asked my my students to help me. So just uh, I tell you should do this, you should do that. And uh, still I need to organize them and uh, I need to control many things. But uh, when you have team, it's getting easier. Yeah. <laughs> now, in Ukraine, are you finding things are changing or are you finding there's things that stay the same? Yes, I think uh, the level of saxophone uh, level of saxophone in Ukraine is getting better um, because many people uh, can go out of Ukraine, can learn more, and uh, as I told before, internet internet makes a big uh, job too. Yes, we can listen. Could you tell me about a recent project you have been working on? Um, about uh, saxophone competition, I would like to, I would like to stop for one or two years and prepare it better. Maybe mm -hmm. it it will be not in Ukraine, and right now I will not tell. Okay. Well. <laughs> but uh, when it uh, it should be prepared, I will tell you to to let everybody know. Uh, right now, um, I would like to learn more music, more saxophone technique. Just uh, I want to let myself level to make it better and then let my students to play better um, and one of the big projects for this year i would like to go to china this and you are going for, yes i'm going yeah, yeah. Do, did that come about through a connection with your chinese students yes mm -hmm. yes my chinese students were friendly and uh, every time if i come to china they every time go to this city to meet me it's very cool because uh, china is Big, big tool, they always come. Now, where can we find out more information about your activities? Do you like to use your website or do you prefer social media? I prefer Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> the last question really is you've made already such a big contribution to the saxophone. What do you see for yourself for the next 10, 20 years? Work hard. <laughs> make, make yourself better.
And it's only about not only about saxophone. I would like to uh, make my health better, make my life better, make my to make my job better. These all things together. So thank you very much for your time this afternoon and uh, have a wonderful performance in a few days. Thank you. You too. Thank Good you. luck. <laughs> Just before you go, a quick reminder to let you know that show notes, any links and a full text transcript are also available. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review for the show by visiting barrysacks.com forward slash iTunes. You can subscribe for a new episode each week. And thanks again for joining me and my guests on Barry Zach's show.